This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. The other the other proposal, and maybe Bush facts, you like this better as a name for Luke Sabine is Jump 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh my man, that one's great. <laughs> <laughs> look. As cringy as that is, it's still better than crisscross. I, mean, I agree. I don't really get the whole crisscross thing. I'm I mean I call my I call my uh, Because because you jump jump. Yeah, you jump jump, exactly. It's, it's, this, this, this is this must be a generation. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here alongside Kyle and David. We just got back from the Northeast Open, which was a fantastic time. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I am lamenting the absence of salt potatoes on this Northeast Open trip. Yeah. Which we didn't unfortunately get to eat. But, you know, other than that, it was amazing. I probably would have exploded. If I had those. <laughs> the dinosaur was, barbecue was pretty good. There was lots of amazing tasty food. Yeah, I mean we were we got treated right. I mean Jay did a really good job with the with the dinner after the tournament, but of course the event itself, not to completely skip over the awesome event that we had to talk about the food. Um it was great too. I mean we had a, a great time at the New York State Fairgrounds that gave us a ton of space in which to work and we had twenty really, really great looking tables. Um, people were walking by, uh, looking 20, over 25, the, the 25 ropes. 25, okay, 25. <laughs> Thank you for that, for that, because I, <laughs> I apparently I forgot how to count for Jay really there. wanted um, the listeners to know it was 25. <laughs> <laughs> he showed us. He showed his fingers. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he used many fingers and gestures. <laughs> there were many fingers. Um, yeah so there was a lot of cool tables um the food was excellent and so today i think we are going to be talking a bit about the northeast open um we also are have recording this a little bit behind the twitch stream that uh ffg had with the clone wars so we've got some clone Wars spoilers to talk about and i believe we're also having an interview with john bushman um who's the runner up at the Northeast open um, and a pretty, pretty good friend of the podcast, if you will. Um, so we'll be having him on in just a bit here. So Northeast open, uh, Douglas crop one. Yep. Douglas crop, yeah. crop, crop, AKA sploosh. Team burger was victorious. Yep. <laughs> they conquered the Northeast. Indeed they did. Um, you know, it was a it was an interesting event and, and a pretty good one overall. Um, there was a lot of once you kind of got up to the top tables, it was pretty competitive. Well, we had like people from all skill levels there. Yeah. It was it was not specifically for like the competitors, right? We would there was a, a great effort made to get newer people to come and to get um you know less less experienced players to come. There was a lot of folks there. It was their first event, and um, who's the guy that won best sportsmanship? He was the um. That was his very first major event ever, and he won best sportsmanship. I, I forget his name, but um, Mark, yeah, Mark. Thank you, Jay. It's Mark. So Mark, um, it was his first major event, and he had a really great time. And he also won best sportsmanship, so he got to walk home with the uh, with some prizes. I think a celebration Vader, right? Yeah, you got yeah exactly. You got a celebration Darth Vader, which is no small prize. I mean, as you know, those yeah, are pretty hot. I- Right now, I just on bought one hundred fifty dollars yesterday. Know. So, <laughs> so that's a pretty significant price to walk away to walk away with. I was hoping those, I was hoping those prices would come down. Me too, but turns out not so much. Yep. Uh, yeah. So also, there was uh, we talked about lots of. Uh, you know, levels of skill and list variety. We did have yes. the golden T 47 for the jankiest list. Um, it, uh, I was, <laughs> this was one of those, like, I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I saw this list, I was like, yeah, that's yep. the one. Um, it was three <laughs> ATRTs, each with a different weapon. So one laser, one rotary, one flamer, um, an X 34, 
uh, land speeder and a T-47, um, as well as three rebel troopers um, and uh, a generic officer. He went two and three, so he got two wins with this list, uh, which is pretty darn impressive. I don't know if I could get two wins with that list. Um, three, eight, It's difficult. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, but yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is it. This is the list. <laughs> so congratulations to Christian Mast. The best, the who got the golden T forty seven. We also had some a lot of really good uh, sponsorship for this event. Like we had some really awesome sponsors, like Army Painter, and because um, I was thinking about prizing, and I was sort of like, wow, they really they really stepped up to the plate and uh, and got us some good stuff. Um, we had like hobby sets and and uh, masterclass brushes, and uh, we had a lot of uh, folks stepping up to give the prize support. And, I had fun reading their plugs on stream. That was a first, yeah, time, a first time thing ever, actually, for us is to read their plugs on stream. I <laughs> thought that was kind of interesting. You you were really excited to do that. I remember like kind of like listening to it, and you were just like, you found like your first opportunity, and you just like dove in like head first. You're like, yeah, oh, pretty <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, I was like, well, yeah, we're official now. You yeah, know? we're not just some rando podcast. We're just like we're we're official. You know, it's kind of setting in for me a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we had Luke Eddy there too. He was there all weekend. Yeah. He was on stream oh with you God. guys for a while too, right? Heck yeah. He casted like so many games and he also gave us interviews and he even had like uh, Clone Wars miniatures with him and Clone Wars cards. We had like a pictures of the cards on the stream. and Like how did, how did people not get the teaser when we put hashtag Jedi scum in the Northeast Open I don't know. Uh, we, we talked about that for like an hour in the card. We were, we were like, how do we make this like people will get it, but people will also not get it. And like uh, that's one seemed like we were brushing the edge of like super obvious and people just were not picking up on it. So, yeah, I guess we just needed to say if you wanted to see Grievous's command card, tune in to the Northeast Open stream. Sorry, yeah. unit card, not command card. Oh, well. <laughs> so we do know his command cards now at this point. We do, yeah. Which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Which I imagine we could talk about in a sec. Um, yeah. So Northeast Open was fantastic, you know. It was, it was cool to kind of be at an event that um, I wasn't playing at. That was a first for me. Um, it's kind of cool to just be able to chill, watch the games happen, and kind of judge a little bit and help out with the stream and all that jazz. I got kind of jealous, man. Like I love, I love casting, but dang, like I don't want to play after seeing all yeah. these games. And this was like the first event that Sabine and Bosk were like really legal for. And I, I see everybody playing Bosk and I'm like, just like Jones in a little bit, you know, I'm just like, I don't know. There was a lot of uh, Luke Sabine going on too. Yeah. Yeah, there was, it, it was, it was really interesting. Like, um, what what I didn't see a lot of was like Wonder Twins. I didn't see any Luke Leia. I'm sure they existed, and I'm sure I just missed them, but I didn't see any of that over the weekend. Yeah, I think um, you know people just wanted to try the new hotness. Um, I definitely don't think. Um, I definitely don't think that uh, you know Luke is bad or is you know like immediately replaced by Celine. Celine. Sabine. Sabine. Dion. Uh, good girl. It's immediately replaced by Celine yeah. Dion. Did, did you know that I'm related uh, to Celine Dion? Continue. She's Keep like going. my third cousin or something. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay's got like this like stink face at the mention of Celine Dion. Can we get like a clip of uh, some Titanic music, Jay? All by myself, or however the heck that song goes. Yeah, that's <laughs> is that is that even Celine Dion? No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't I'm pretty sure, so. like, like we're talking like near, far, wherever you are, right? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I know yeah, what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. She did write more than one song. Mike's seen the Titanic. I have. Um, you know, she did write more than one song. I have been forced songs. to watch the Titanic on many occasions, and just like the movie, this podcast is sinking. So let's move on. <laughs> all right uh we were talking about uh sabine slash luke slash not seeing a lot of wonder twins um which i think it's fine i think it's fun to see people experiment with new stuff um 
So, and we are going to have Mr. Bushman on here later to talk about Luke Sabine because that is what he ran uh, quite successfully. So, um, yeah, there were also some a couple ATSTs. Um, I think I saw a tank, uh, a couple X thirty fours. It was it was it was cool. I did not see any Pathfinders. Um, I think I saw some Wookies though. You know what we did see? What's that? Lots and lots of Death Troopers. Oh yeah, yeah. There was yeah, a lot of death troopers. Um, so speaking of, actually, I wanted to briefly touch on uh, our world champion Luke Cook because uh, you know obligatory Luke Cook podcast talk about right. Um, but he actually he only lost one game with his no snipers list. Um, so which I think is pretty darn impressive. Uh, he uh, he ran uh, for those that watched the that exhibition match that we did sort of just to test the stream on Friday. We both did like a no sniper thing, but he ran something basically similar to that. Um, <laughs> oh, Jay. Um, so yeah, it was, he was wrecking you pretty hard, actually. He was like six hits, oh, yeah, six yeah, hits, yeah, six yeah. hits. No, it, I was, was, it was nuts. He was crushing that. That was like, that was the very definition of when people refer to a game where you're getting crushed militarily, but somehow you're still winning on objectives. Um, oh yeah, it was that. Uh, it, I did, I did the old Sabine box grab, drop explosions, peace out thing. Um, that was a really fun game to comment because every time you rolled six hits, well, Luke rolled six hits against you with the death troopers and name token. Evan was like, "Oh my god, that's so many hits!" And I was like, "Nope, that's average." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's you, average. Got, you got like a seventy-three plus percent chance to get six hits with death troopers with a name token. Yeah, DTs are no joke. Um, but yeah, you know, no amount of shooting could uh, get that box back. So um, Sabine's real good at that, which uh, we'll probably talk about a little bit with Bushman too, because he actually had a couple of games on recover. Um, Indeed, he did, including the finals. Right, which ultimately yep. Boss, or sorry, not Boss, Boba Fett is pretty good at that trick too, it turns out. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, I think it's actually pretty impressive that um you know at least as empire there's a list out there that seems to be decent absolutely uh with no snipers in it <laughs> mm. I, haven't, I haven't quite figured out what that uh analog is yet for rebels mm. but um tune in never uh fd, FD cannons uh not it apparently uh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> mine died in the first round yeah. <laughs> so. so i will say um, uh on stream I don't know what round it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jeremy Appleton was playing it. Best FD placement on a board I have ever seen by a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that thing could like see everything. It was it was, it was perfectly perched on top of one of those encampments on the mud map. Well, it was awesome. Fantastic. Um, yep. Turns out it ultimately was too far from everything. Well, but you know, it was. Was yeah. just got long yeah. march. You got long march with the land speeder that had to like fly directly into the teeth of John's guns, and uh, ultimately Luke kind of you know just casually rolled up to it and put five crits into it. Turns out Luke's cover, cover's not very good in melee. Yeah, Luke's not good against vehicles. You know the same old rap. <laughs> um, we want to move on. Yeah, sure. Uh, we are bringing a patreon to all of our wonderful listeners out there um so notorious scoundrels and the fifth trooper and uh kyle and david's blogs are kind of all gelling up into what we're calling the fifth trooper network and um we as of today have the fifth new trooper network patreon up um I'm sure that we'll be able to link it in the show description and you can go ahead and take a look. We've got a bunch of different tiers. Um, you know, we're, we're really just kind of focused on um, making sure that we can provide the highest quality content for the community and making sure that you guys have access to it uh, readily. So check it out. Um, we're really looking for donations and subscriptions so that we can, and a stream events and continue releasing uh, high quality content for you guys in the future. Um, and there will undoubtedly be more kind of news on this to come as we kind of continue on this path. Uh, this is kind of the next evolution of uh, what we're doing. So check it out. It'll be a good time. Um, and yeah, 
Any of you guys want to add anything to that? Yeah, so uh, just to be super clear about what this includes. Um, so our podcast has always been part of the Fifth Trooper Network. Uh, but um, uh, David has a blog, Yavin Base, and uh, I also have a blog, which many of you know, Never Tell Me the Odds, um, both of which are moving under the Fifth Trooper umbrella onto their website. So David and I will be writing articles. Um, they'll still be sort of subcategorized under those uh under those things, my articles are going to be stat focused and unit focused and tournament focused. And David's going to keep doing all his awesome rebel unit analyses and other stuff. And um, that also includes uh, the Yavin based Twitch channel, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, David. No? Yes. Did we lose David? The way that it's going to work, the irony of the fact that I tried to respond to him is not lost on me. <laughs> nor any of your twitch followers <laughs> nor any of my twitch followers <laughs> I'm having a day guys I'm having a day um, yeah so I'm going to be writing a bunch of stuff uh, continuing to write a bunch of stuff for 5th Trooper and um, we're going to kind of split uh, the content between uh, the fitstrooper.com and yavinbase.blog. Yavinbase.blog will still exist. Um, we're going to probably keep that one dedicated to Team League news, opinion, um, competitive, uh, you know, sort of, you know, updates or whatever. And, and um, we're going to move a lot of the guides and things, a lot of the, you know, how to play sort of articles towards um, the fifthtrooper.com. So that'll be kind of what we're doing. And um, we're really just, um, we're thinking we're just going to work together and just really build up uh, fifthtrooper.com as a brand even more than it already is. And that's kind of where this whole idea came from to uh, to do this combination of things. And uh, the Avon-based Twitch will still be um, on its own, but we're going to basically use it now as the as our like our live streaming thing um, for for uh, leagues, online leagues and stuff. And of course, Jay has his own YouTube. And so you'll be able to find both in both places and we'll, we'll do some, you know, sharing of Oz between the two properties. And so you'll be able to, um, you know, to find uh, content, plenty of content on both sites and um, yeah, continue checking it out. I think it's going to be good for, good for us going forward. Hey, so Jay here from behind the glass for a second. Um, I just wanted to kind of say to like, Number one, I appreciate you guys all coming in and, and us kind of coming together as a team to support this. I think it's going to be amazing. And for the listeners, you know, I know a lot of them are probably going to be surprised by the fact that we're putting up a Patreon because it was something that we've, you know, we were doing the store and we're kind of avoiding for a little bit. But what it really comes down to is we want to provide more content for you guys and, you know, Mike, like Mike was saying about the Patreon, we we have some goals set up. So when we get to certain dollar amounts, we'll be able to provide stuff that we don't provide today. Uh, and so I think it's going to be pretty amazing to have just kind of this one source for all your Legion information. If you know, if you want Kyle's uh, list analysis and and tournament analysis, if you want some of the unit breakdowns that he does and David does, if you want some of my ridiculous opinion stuff on the T forty seven, like you'll be able to get it all in one location, and and then the future is kind of bright too. Um, you know, you guys have seen some of the events we've been streaming. Well, we want to do more of that, but there's a lot of. Uh, money uh that has to go into that for us to make that happen and so we're you know we're looking for your support on that and at you know at most of the levels that we have on the patreon you're going to be getting something really really cool in the mail so um i think you're going to be happy overall just just for being part of it and and kind of helping to grow the network awesome thanks jay um you guys want to talk about Clone Wars? Yo, Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> or or <clears throat> how I'd like to put it, clones! I don't know if I did that right. Clones! <laughs> that was better. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a good Alex impression. Uh, that stream was awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love that, that, made me, that made me cry laughing. That was really funny. 
So for those that didn't oh my see it, um, Alex Davey and Luke Eddy, the two Legion developers, played a game on FFG's stream uh, yesterday, uh, or I guess two days ago when this after this podcast is out. Um, and uh, they played uh, Republic, Galactic Republic, and uh, the Separatists, so clones and droids. Um, and it was awesome because we got to see a bunch of stuff that we hadn't seen before. Um, you know, by this time we had seen, I think, most of the unit cards from articles and stuff. But we got to see some more upgrades that we hadn't seen. And we also got to see all of uh, Grievous, or the Grievous, as Alex calls him, and uh, and Obi-Wan's command cards, um, which was awesome. They're, turns out they're pretty good. They are, yeah. And, you know, the armies are pretty good on the table. We got to see fire support in action uh, with a <laughs> an 11-hit fire support shot um yeah we got to, we got to see the token sharing mosh pit of clones um you yeah. know with all the search tokens and other fun that's what prompted that outburst from alex when uh <laughs> yeah you know i think i think luke spent a surge on defense and then spent a friend surge because he had two surge results on his red dice yeah he rolled he rolled so like three attacks that, on his red dice and two of them were surge. an attack that uh, an attack that should have killed three clones only killed one <laughs> thanks to that yeah something like that um yeah. So yeah, yeah, the clone mosh pit. It's going to be a thing. Um, but uh, and we got to saw see some droidicas in action. We got to see Grievous do his. We um, we didn't really get to see droidicas in action. Let's be. No, they they did kind of just die. You're right. <laughs> no, they they got deleted by that eleven hit fire support <laughs> shot. <laughs> Through. To be fair, though, he had a bark hitting them out of cover. So you know. They kind of asked for it. In addition to the Aziz, I think it was a Z6 fire support. He almost insta gibbed them through their shields. Yep. Yeah. So Droidicas have shields, which basically means that they have, what, four shield yeah. tokens? And they recharge um, one every turn, I think. Right. Which is like an automatic block. So, um, you know, he got 11 hits. The Droidicas were like, well, I'll spend my four shields. And then it's like, okay, well, it's still seven hits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so that happened. Um, fire support's mm-hmm. gonna be good. Now, now let me caveat this: there was another fire support shot in the game at another point that they played that didn't actually do a whole lot of damage. Um, there was like a second one that, like, I think it was like seven hits down to three or something like that. Ultimately, didn't didn't really pan out that well. So, I mean, it is. It's not like these are. These eleven hit things are going to be commonplace. I think this sort of thing is defensible. There were a lot of people raising the hue and cry after they saw that on yeah, camera. Yeah, totally. And it and it, they were sort of like, you know, oh, this is power creepy, blah blah blah. No, absolutely not. And especially when you have fewer activations. Yeah, so that you know they have fewer activations to start with, and then also you are giving up an activation for that turn by using fire support because you're flipping a face up order token to a face down. Yeah. Their stuff's expensive. This is how they. I think they're supposed yeah. to get back in the game. You know, like I, how much right. was the their like DLT ish thing? It was like thirty points, right? That's thirty. And their base 30. cost is yeah. fifty fifty two. Yeah, so we're looking at like an eighty two point base core unit. Yeah. yeah, the guy that does Legion HQ uh, plugged all that stuff, all the spoiled stuff, into the two point builder that he's baiting right now. And I think I, I was playing around with it. It said like they were eighty three. I think yeah. with the that's with the D the DLT. It's got an eight in front of it. Fifty percent more expensive yeah. than a Z six squad. Yikes! Like, yeah, and more. You know, and we also saw some of the droid weapons, right? So that uh, they've got that crappy little, um, you know, it's, I guess it's just like an assault rifle thing, but three black. Dude, they have a they have an exhaustible rocket for twenty. Like that's actually competitively. Yeah, that's that's nice and cheap. But the the other one is uh, eighteen, um, so that makes yeah. them what fifty four. Yeah. Now, now, what if they what if they had priced this exhaustible rocket at twenty eight? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like they priced the like they priced the rebel trooper ion gun over the Z six. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad that um, I'm glad that it's twenty and not twenty eight because that means that, me too uh, that it's you know it's a yeah. progression, right? So yeah, uh, they're figuring it out a little bit maybe. Yeah. Um, listening not, I mean, to their customers <laughs> not that they need to figure it out this is an yeah. excellent game but um oh yeah you, well you know what i mean yeah yeah i got you the, the exhaust weapons, listening to the, the exhaust weapons initially looked a little overcosted it's nice to see an exhaust weapon that is not um so uh yeah um it was really fun to watch what do you guys think of the new 
it seems like we're kind of starting to see some faction identities maybe mm-hmm. coalesce here. Yeah, so I think it's interesting um, that both the new factions really heavily incentivize putting your orders on core units. Um, you know, we saw a, a little bit of this play around with like covering fire and coordinated fire and you know on the spoiled uh vets and shores we see like target and i think the the dodge keyword is defend um i think and um you know we're, we're starting to see some stuff kind of move over in that direction and it looks like both of these factions really kind of take that to the max which is interesting Yeah, I mean, literally with with uh, droids, you're potentially with that coordinate ability on the B ones, giving an order yeah. to like almost every unit in your army. Um, I was I was talking with uh, LJ in the in the Discord, and we were saying stuff like, "Yeah, you know, if you put an uplink on one of these B one units and play push and put those on two units of droidicas, you have perfect control as long as your B ones are in the range that they need to be." Yeah, because that that uplink, that uplink will propagate through your whole B one army with the coordinate droid trooper. Yeah, it seems fun. If you know, it's it's one of those. I think. Um, uh, I th- I think that um, you know Alex and Luke both in interviews have talked about the play styles of these factions, and basically that said like. You know, droids, when they're firing on all cylinders, it's terrifying. But when things start to break down, they really start to break down fast, which feels thematic for me, right? Like, that's what happens in the movies. Yeah. When they don't know what they're do, like, they, just, uh, they just, you know, they, they're left to their own devices, which are not very effective. So, um, yeah. What really surprised me is that I, want, I wonder if they were going up against the two-hour limit on their stream because it looked like Alex was in the lead, kind of. But Alex was saying that Luke had beaten him. I guess maybe I forgot to under I forgot what was happening there, or I didn't see why Alex said that Luke was close to beating him. Was it just because Grievous? Grievous was very close to dying. Okay. Yeah, Obi Wan yeah, so had, had, had full health still, um, and I think his Doritos were dead. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those. Uh, what does it take the hill? Um, one of those operations, and uh, you know, it was a situation where Red Player had to basically assault. So um, yeah. the clones were firmly securing at least two of those spots when the game ended so yeah i mean i think he had like what five actual clones left and a bark yeah plus full health yep. obi-wan which like he still had a lot of droids on the table but kind of got the feeling that obi-wan would have made pretty short work of those squads yeah, yeah kenobi didn't strike me as like too like offensively crazy but he definitely struck me as like really good at controlling the battle yeah Especially through the the what was it called Suresu mastery on his unit card they showed, what was guardianing and then the token generation from Hello there was also pretty amazing too, for sure. Just because he had a lot of stuff near him. He is a general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it's interesting the flavor. Yeah, not gonna. Yeah, he's, he kind of rewards you for for dumping him headfirst into the enemy's lines. Hello there. Exactly. Uh, all right. You guys got any more Clone Wars comments? We're not going to go into all of the um the cards and everything, just because those have been seen and covered ad nauseum. And obviously, once um once we see them on real tables, we'll be able to talk more. Uh, you know, see how people are using them strategy wise and stuff like that. So, For sure. man, uh, we can do a much more thorough show. You know, when once they're actually on the table. Yep, but it is fun to see the new shinies on the table um on a table anyway speaking of a table that geonosis board was incredible that was hot um i think that was a sean morris special it was a sean the thing was special. beautiful yeah and good job um, sean. that was fantastic yeah it was amazing yeah movie accurate really really good yeah it looked great uh all right so should we move on to our interview yeah let's person? get him on here yeah And we're here with John Bushfax Bushman. How you doing, my man? Doing great. How are I'm you? Fantastic. Um, so you were the runner-up at the Northeast Open. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your experience and how that went for you? Yeah, uh, it was a ton of fun. I was absolutely blown away by by the production that 
that Jay and Brendan put on and and how how awesome it was even without being like an official maximum firepower or anything the the terrain was amazing and the we had 44 players a ton of top quality players too and it was just it was a great time it was a lot of fun. Sweet. Um, and for our listeners at home that maybe uh, like are unfamiliar with you, you want to just kind of like give us like a brief rundown of who you are, what you do in the community and stuff like that? Yeah. So I am one of the members of the new crappy little podcast called Critical X. It's not crappy. <laughs> it's, it, we're, we're learning. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I do that, and I've I've helped uh, Brendan Franz, who's been the marshal at a lot of these big events. I've helped him judge a couple times, um, and when I'm not judging with him, then me and Nathan are normally setting up tables in the background and doing a bunch of other driving him 28 hours to Chicago and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Man, I got that sounds horrible. 28 hours in in a van. <laughs> And so that's, that's just one way, right? That was one it, way. It was funny to like yeah. watch their status updates on Facebook as they like progressed <laughs> like each you know few hours. It was entertaining. It was just so long. <laughs> <laughs> that is a long yeah. drive. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys can fly next year. Oh, ab- absolutely. Stuff's getting shipped. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brendan's getting flown in. Obviously, that wouldn't include me or Nathan anymore. So, um, but. Still, it was good. Um, so at Northeast Open, you ran, um, I think it has been coined crisscross because you jump, yeah. jump, uh, with Luke Sabine. Um, yes. do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your list and your play style? Yeah, so, so this list, um, is actually, in my opinion, the first list. Uh, of Le- Star Wars Legion units that fits what I've thought to be my own play style. Uh, because I, I'm a very aggressive, in-your-face player, and I don't like to sit back and wait, or I, and I hate trying to play defensively. Um, so I, I would try to do that with like Luke before, but then he'd be out on his own. Luke Han, Han can't join Luke on the front line. So Luke Sabine, they're both on the front line. Um, and it's it's just pure bliss. I mean, your opponent your opponent can't choose between Luke and Sabine. And if they do choose between Luke and Sabine, the other one's gonna punish them just as hard. Um and then to top it off, the um started bringing Medroids into it. So there's two Medroids. Because while they are high defense characters, that um, the red dice every game will whiff at some point. So having four extra health to those is, in my opinion, huge and mitigates a lot of that and prolongs their life ridiculously. Um, do you want to just talk about it real quick? Uh, so you have Luke and Sabine, obviously. Do you run Sabine with or without Darksaber? Yeah, so um, on both Luke and Sabine, I have every upgrade slot filled. Um, and Sabine has the Darksaber, absolutely, um, for two big reasons, and not for the reason that everyone tends to think. Um, every opponent I've had tends to say, oh, crap, I'm going to get sliced up by Sabine. Um, I, I rarely ever use her, her saber for melee. Um, but that saber, even at 25 points, grants her Dauntless. And Dauntless, when you're next to Luke Skywalker, um, she's got a speed three moves with jump two. So moving is one of her best attributes. And Dauntless says, even if you're suppressed, so long as you're not panicked, then you get a, you could do a free speed, you could do a free move action which would be her speed three jump two. I'm sure she has to take a suppression for it, but that mean that 
effectively translates into Sabine being a Courage 6 unit. If she's moving around for that first action, she gets more actions than Luke does at 4 or 5 suppression. So you're saying the the necessity of her ability to move kind of, you know, would you say the Darksaber is just an auto-include or does it just enhance her power to the point where you'd feel like naked not taking it? I think there are some lists where you could build around a Sabine without a Darksaber, but I think you're severely hampering, you're like taking away four different tools of hers by doing so. And the other, so you mentioned two things besides slicing and dicing. What was the other one? Immune to pierce and melee. So um, still, still um, the units that I fear the most on the other side of the board are, are the Jedis, the, the lightsaber wielders, the um, Luke, Darth Vader, and Palpatine. Um, and when you just have Luke, like yeah, you could try to go toe to toe with them, but it it's a, it's a coin flip, and normally that coin flip is not in your favor. But Sabine can now go toe to toe with those characters without hardly fearing. Now, Palpatine's a different story, but I mean, she could go toe to toe with Luke or Vader any day of the week in in this game in Star Wars Legion because their pierce counts for nothing and her defense is better. What uh, what training upgrade do you put on her? Endurance. Yeah. Um, because between Dauntless and between your enemy desperately trying to kill her, because she'll likely be the first one that they can shoot at, um, she's going to pick up a lot of suppression. And being able to remove two at the end of every round is is huge. It's I've, uh, at least at this tournament, I, I never lost a single action on Sabine. Like I always got to do two actions and it's because of those two upgrades. How do you think it compares to Luke and Han? Cause I noticed that, you know, you used to play Luke Han. So obviously yeah. Han, you know, is the gunslinger. Yeah. Um, so so Gunslinger is, is the main weapon I use of Sabine's, obviously, since I don't use her saber to fight so much. Um, because uh, you're, you're multiplying her pierce by two when you use Gunslinger. So you not only do you get a shoot at a range, um, but you get to use pierce one twice, which, especially against Imperial units, is, is huge. I mean, pierce is is my favorite keyword um, because it, it just guarantees hits coupled with her surge to, to crit. Like you get a crit and a pierce and, a, and you just killed something. How do you mitigate the lack of improvised orders? Hmm. Uh, well, first three or four rounds. Well, so, so the first round I don't even, normally end up with an order token on Luke. Um, first round, I normally try um, Symbol of Rebellion to get that graffiti to- token out and helping to mitigate suppression t- across my whole army. And I've had several games where I'll draw Luke first, and it hurts. It hurts not having improvised orders to shove that token back. Um, but early game like that, I can almost always find a spot to hide Luke or hide him out of range. Um, or if I, if I can't sacrifice hiding him, then I could put him in a nice defensive position and still force reflex, um, which isn't ideal. It's not ideal not having um, improvised orders. I'm not going to say my list doesn't need it, but it can't afford the 60 points I'd spend on it being an officer and the upgrade. So uh, would you say it comes down to like sequencing command cards? And then if so, how do you, how do you yeah. sequence them generally? Yeah. So, so generally I start with symbol of rebellion um, because typically um, Sabine and Luke are not in any immediate danger and there's typically not any immediate rush to get somewhere. Um, and then, but, but otherwise, um, 
the only time I won't play symbol of rebellion first is is if across the board I see a Luke or I see a Sabine or I see a Boba, someone that I'm going to want a electro grappling line because that's that's one of the upgrades I keep on Sabine is her electro grappling line. So if I hold on to that symbol of rebellion till round three or four ish, then I could use it instead of helping with graffiti a lot. I could I could take get more benefit out of the recover by grappling using the grappling line and then playing symbol and getting the grappling line back to do it again. Um, but as far as keeping orders on the rest of the guys, um, by round two, Luke and Sabine are in striking distance. So I will get um, either Legacy of Mandalore or uh, my allies, the Force, depending on if they're both going to be in the fight or just Sabine. And then round three is normally an explosions round because all of the army will be rushing after Sabine or she'll, she can reach anything by round three. So, so, um, when, you know, explosions is clearly like Sabine's kind of like key hallmark card. Um, can you walk us through a little bit what you look for as far as where to drop the bombs, where, I mean, like, Clearly, some of that's a little bit obvious, but can you kind of go through what you're like technically looking for um, when you go through that? Yeah, yeah. So um, there's there's a lot more measurements to keep track of when you have Luke and Sabine in your army, and and the the threat range for the bomb is one of them that I try and keep track of. So Sabine's bomb, if she's throwing it just from where she's standing. Um, because it's placed within range one and then affects range one outside of it, she could reach up to up to range two beyond her, or 12 inches. So her threat range is, is just anything that she could even shoot her gunslinger at. Um, but if you're trying to premeditate things and and prepping to, to do a move and then throw the bomb, because um, that's normally the one that your opponent will expect less, um, then that threat range jumps up to 20 inches uh, when you factor in the, her 8-inch speed 3 move and the, the throw of the bomb. So 20 inches, uh, that's just beyond range 3. Uh, it's, it's range 3 and 2 inches. So, um, so you'll, see me, you'll see me out there when I'm starting to think about explosions holding a range 3 stick next to Sabine, and that's, that's because I'm seeing what potential what the potential targets are. Um, so, so range is one thing. Uh, but the other thing that I also like to do is if I can already, if the armor, if the opposing army is already up in my, up in my grill, then I'll um, throw the bomb where I'm at and gunsling whatever's left over. Um so yeah, I mean, there's not too much to really to positioning the bomb. I'm not sure. It's it's more it's that answered the question. Or. It's more about positioning Sabine uh, relative to yeah. your targets. Yeah, and I've noticed, um, and I think people will stop doing this, uh, but I've noticed that it's sort of a typical like historical strategy, and you can see this in fact. Several, several of your opponents do this in some of your stream games um, is to sort of cluster behind like a big line of sight blocker. Oh, um, yeah. And then, and then you just drop Sabine on top of that big <laughs> line of sight blocker and, you know, throw yeah. some bombs on the other side. Uh, I think I think there was one game where you hit like seven or maybe eight units. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's like a stormtrooper mosh pit happening on the other side of, of one of those cliff things and um, it turned into a, a little bit of a bloodbath with those bombs. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think people will stop doing that <laughs> slowly. Yeah. Um, well, even I'll do that with my my units. Even I like to keep them clustered. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm just banking on my own Luke or my own Sabine being able to stall whatever bombs are coming my way, or intercept them rather. Yeah, and actually, which doesn't always work. Well, it, right, it doesn't always work. But I did notice at least in your game against um, uh, Mike Cirillo. Uh, yeah, it was it was a mirror. You were both running Luke Sabine, and you did a pretty good job, at least in that game, sort of of keeping your most of your forces away from. I think some stuff still got 
Yeah, yeah I think up. he still hit every single unit. Yeah. <laughs> but but I was trying. I was trying. Yeah. And it was it was a little later than would have been ideal. Like by the time that happened, right. um, you know, events had already moved sort of uh slightly in your favor. So Yeah. Was that your most challenging game of the day, by the way, against Mike Cirillo? I know that those of us at on the stream and watching at home were were enthralled because it was a very um close and exciting game where every action mattered without a doubt with like um each each key play i came up with um or or there, there were two key plays in my in my opinion from that game and neither of them were premeditated like <laughs> like i i was struggling trying to figure out how the hell i'm gonna stop them coming in and keep them from blowing my army up and then like i when i saw it then i just saw it um so the first one was um, his Luke and Sabine were were already at the middle uh, behind a big line of sight blocker with a big tall cannon on top of it, um, and I was moving in, or rather, I was at the I was also at the base of it, just on the other side. Um, so with my Sabine, um, I jumped up to the top and grappling lined his. So the intent was here. One, I'd be slowing down his Sabine. Um, and two, um, his Luke wouldn't be able to get to me. Or if it, um, or rather, it wasn't going to be able to get to me because that I I brought in my Luke to tangle up his Sabine. And and so he had, he had two th- um, kind of decisions on where his force push was going to get used. That it does make sense. sense. Um, one thing I also noticed is when you um, jumped across to pick up the box on his end, and that kind of set the battle line back through yeah. the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, once that that was the the ceiling of the fake. Because as soon as I grabbed that, um, I already knew the other two objectives. So so he had one one objective. I had one objective way far away with the sniper. And then I had, I had my troopers were off in the middle with two objectives getting slaughtered, um, but I'd tied up Sabine long enough that those two objectives weren't going to get touched, even if I couldn't hold them. So once Sabine grabbed that that fifth objective, then I knew like he had to kill Sabine or it was over. Sweet. So um, how you know you were playing um, nine activations in your list this weekend, which was. Uh, maybe atypical yeah. as to kind of like what's been uh, commonly kind of accepted as like the, you know, Wonder Twins, Veers Boba, Veers Bosk, you know, 10, 11 activation meta. How did, how did nine activations go for you? And, you know, would you, would you do that again? You know, I, I, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, six months ago, I'd probably laugh at, at people talking about activation count being that important. Um, like, because my, my fly boys list, my Luke Han list was an eight activation list and I did just fine with it. Um, but especially this weekend, there were several times where I just found my, my hands tied and I'm like, well, he's got one more activation than me. There's literally nothing I can do to keep him from acting, sub- activating his Sabine after mine or activating his Boba after my Sabine. Um, and that's, that's a serious, that, that is a serious hindrance. I can't like ignore it, but at the same time, um, I think every point in my army is, is properly is, is well allocated. And I think it shows the difference between having a fully kitted out Luke or fully kitted out Sabine and having a unit that costs less, um, even a Luke or Sabine that costs less. Um, like in, in the game against Mike Cirillo, my, my Sabine and my Luke both had immune pierce in melee and they could both do serious damage in melee, which meant that either one of them could have destroyed his Sabine, who's not immune to pierce in melee because there was no dark saber. 
um, or either one of them could have tied up his Luke Skywalker. It was very flexible in that. Um, there, Sabine's just a, a fast Luke in that regards. And it, I, I definitely think it's worth it, even having only nine activations. I mean, even my, my one loss that I had of the tournament did not have to do with having nine activations. Not at all. Um, I had a very poor judgment call that I made, like round zero in deployment. Um, I think my mind just wasn't as clear as it could have been. And I prioritized getting cover from the snipers on my flank rather than going for the middle objective and like doing the full um, speed one maneuver granted by advanced positions. And that allowed Boba to grab the middle without me being able to grab the middle objective in the first turn. So that, I think, is what lost me the game. Um, not, not the fact that I only had nine activations. So yes, I would definitely run nine activations again over and over. With clones, I'll probably run seven or eight <laughs> activations. <laughs> so, and yes, I will still use fire support and have four turns every round. Yeah, but if, if you're deleting so, you at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So would you say, I mean, it's pretty clear that you're a proponent of lower activation lists. Then. So long as they're quality, like, like you wish you could, you wish you could have more, but you don't feel like you misspent any points in your list and that you couldn't necessarily squeeze another 40 some odd points out to get another activation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And obviously you've shown that you can still have success with an activation or with an activation count that's less than 10. So. Oh yeah, every every opponent I had in the whole tournament had more activations than I did. Uh what what so, was your what was your bid? Uh two points. Okay. How, like how often did that net you blue player versus red? <laughs> did it net me blue well, player? Well, I, I know you're jokes. okay, so hang on. Talk about <laughs> talk about your yeah. uh your you, you make red player great again uh thing real quick. Right, right. Um so especially if you're going to go for um, lower activation counts, uh, red player tends to be more favorable for, uh, well, so with regards to the lower activation count for one big reason, and it's that you get a deploy second. Um, so it evens it up a little bit. You know, if there's a, if I have nine activations and my opponent has, uh, has nine as well that I'm deploying one unit after him or if he has 10 it, it just minimizes how many units they get a place at the end um, so he can't place you know both snipers after I've placed everything um, one of them will have to be placed um, so that, that's one big reason but but the bigger reason still for why I prefer red player is I have I have a lot more control over the the battle cards that we end up playing as red player. Um, having that final veto, um, it, it's it's a lot, and it, it's hard to. I'm not sure I could describe it verbally, but it's. I I prefer final veto for sure. Well, and at least with the Luke Sabine list. Um... I think you probably care less about like which cards are actually even in the deck in the first place, just because Luke Sabine is pretty good at almost all of the objectives, um, (laughs) especially recover, you know, which a lot of people cut for that reason. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, they can do pretty well on the others also. Um, It's, it's as far as um, battle card mitigation is concerned, it's a pretty well-rounded list. Yeah. Yeah. There's right. And there's no, there's no battle cards I'm particularly afraid of. Um, right. Limited. I, I do have two snipers in my list, and limited visibility is still one of my favorite cards to get because that means Luke and Sabine will be in your face before, like, without getting shot at. Right, and it's you know these days it's possible your opponent has three snipers and maybe also a bombard. So. Oh, your roll. And that yeah. you you got second in a tournament with only two snipers. Unreal. Oh. Right, right. (laughs) 
Oh. Yeah, no, actually, you're. So I, uh, I had the privilege of, um, because you kept winning, you were a cast uh, stream, streamed uh, several times, um, and I had the privilege of so being your your court reporter, so to speak, the guy sitting there at your table typing updates to the stream. So um, I had a a close action viewpoint of your games, and I will say that, um, at least for me personally, I don't feel like having two snipers instead of three necessarily hurt you that badly. Um, Mm-mm. Other than you, you, you had a couple Z sixes scoped against uh, Mr. Cirillo. <laughs> By a couple, I mean like four. Yeah, <laughs> so many. You missed it in the last game too. I had even more Z sixes scoped, and I just, I, you know, I'm I'm very conscientious of those. Um, I think Kingsley beat that into me pretty well, but because he's he's also great at scoping mm-hmm. um, units. Yep. Um, but you just like, you could, you could go around and look at every angle every time you make any move, but I don't think I'm willing to spend 10 minutes on every move I make. Yeah. Those were, especially uh, the, the ones that uh, Mike Cirillo did, you know, the Z six was in the middle of your unit, but he has basically <laughs> used like two pieces of terrain on either side. to Just get it yeah. right in the middle. It's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, so none of these scopes, um, for you listeners, none of these scopes involved me leaving a Z6 on the edge of a unit. <laughs> Not a single one. These were scoped right out of the middle. It's terrible. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, we didn't really talk about the, the Northeast Open terrain that much, um, but I'd say it was a little bit denser than normal, uh, probably about 35% on most of the tables. Um, and same with you know the stream table on both days. Um, I think things are actually moving in that direction, and I think it's—I think it makes for a more interesting game, personally. Yeah, um, you—you definitely have to to make more dead uh, dedicated decisions, I guess, um, because you can't because there's more terrain in your way, right? So if you go one way, it's harder to take that decision back and go the other way. Or if you go one way, you're probably only shooting at one or two different units. So, um, is there anything that you would change about your list uh, going forward? You know, with with the current cards that are out, I cannot think of anything that I would change. So, in 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 that light, uh, what? Uh, are you looking forward to an upcoming Rebel releases and how you're going to work those in? Mm. Um, I'm very excited for fire support. Um, I love big dice pools. That's the only reason I I like the Z6. It gives me, <laughs> like, even if it's crap dice, you know, there's still chance of getting multiple crits. There's still chance, and, and I just need that chance, right? So, um having a fire support team. So what that mean? I would I think I've looked at the points and I think that two Z sixes are more expensive even than a rebel vet and its counterpart Mark two medium blaster. So you could take those two core units and just straight swap them for two Z sixes, which I will definitely do maybe even twice. So maybe I'll have two rebel vets and two Mark twos and only one Z six. Um, and so I'm very excited for that. It'll up the firepower of my core a ton, um, but Tauntauns, Tauntauns, I can't figure out like they are the, the there's just so many possibilities. You know, they're, they're another speed three unit. And they have relentless this time, um, so not only can they cross the board super fast, but then they can still attack. And I'm not sure how I'm going to fit them into my list, but I know I'm going to fit them into several lists. Yeah, they seem like one of those tools that it's probably going to take rebel players a while to master. But um, you know, maybe a, yeah. a high skill cap tool once you figure them out, they can be pretty scary. They are pointed a little awkwardly, aren't they? Because they're, you know, 90 before upgrades. And so if you want to put Luke in there, the Luke and Tons together is a bit of a tall order. Yeah, they're cheaper hey, than Wookiees, though. Got that right. Might be more effective. Yeah, even. but then you can't go. 
Yeah, right. You can't you can't do the cool like, like the Tons have their own noise, but like I have no idea. How, I have no clue how to imitate it. <laughs> that you could do in some kind of like some kind of like cow camel duck thing. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Jay, uh, not Jay. I think we need a Tauntaun drop for next week so David can try and imitate it. Yeah, maybe um, <laughs> cow camel duck thing. Man, all right. Uh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen to it and tell me I'm wrong. Right. Put all I, no, I, I think you're not wrong. Make, I think that's make why sure it's funny. Like High fighters are uh, elephants, uh, elephants and asphalt. No, literally, they actually mix those two sounds together to make high fighter noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I'm not actually. Yeah, I'm not hilarious. actually sure what a camel sounds like, but. Um, uh, horrible. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, so now that we've uh, now that we've lit fire to this interview, uh, let's get ready to burn this this mother down because I gotta tell I gotta ask you a question, John. Um, are you ready uh, to get your butt kicked by Jay and his Pathfinders? <laughs> and what are you gonna give him when you lose? <laughs> oh man, when I lose, oh boy. Um, one Pathfinders and Jin, Jin especially, will never beat. Um, oh, I can't, I can't call it crisscross. <laughs> It'll never beat Luke Sabine. Crisscross. Uh, <laughs> uh, but if I lose, what did I, what did we say? Yeah, you got to uh, put some stakes on it. If it's if it's like a, we do need stakes. He he first asked if I would quit Critical X, and I said no. <laughs> no. Um, but we did agree, I believe we agreed, he's not responding, so I'm assuming we agreed, that if I win, then he'll, he has agreed to have my co-host Nathan on his there podcast. There you go. Maybe, maybe in that spirit, if Jay wins, he gets to like pick the topics on your guys's podcast for the next episode mm-hmm. the topic will be quitting your podcast <laughs> <laughs> there we go just so i want a little context to this so everybody out there can po- um, let's build the hype a little bit so at northeast open yeah. john and i got in this big argument because my firm belief since we started our podcast is that everything's viable. You just have to be good at those particular units, right? Like Lupo with his sabs. No one saw that coming really until he showed up and just started annihilating people with them. So one of our argument was that let's take some of the rebels not as used and looked down upon units as, such as Jin and Pathfinders. And I believe that they can be viable in a good list and that, that I could beat John with them. And to which John responded that that would never happen. And he threw down the gauntlet. And so challenge accepted. And I think David, even uh, in his uh, food coma stupor, decided that he would uh, he would stream it on his Twitch channel. So yep. I, I will stream it. I'll get R1 to co-cast it. We'll have a grand old time. Yeah, as long as we're going time. through this, let's throw it down a date. Right yeah. now, uh, I want to uh, date. Um, I, need, no. I, I mean, I'm good for whatever, but snap. I, I, I'd like to run the list at least once before that, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll allow it. Um, all right, I'm good next week. <laughs> all right, all right. Next all right, right. here, here first Notorious Scandals podcast. John Bushwax Bushman and Jay Shalansky are going to throw it down. Um, and I just want everybody to know that the name <laughs> of my list is the Kobayashi Maru. So. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs>
It is a generational yeah. thing. And you yeah. can put your pants on backwards. You could go to Saturday Night Live because, you know, SNL, Sabine and Luke. I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah, that's why that's that's okay yeah. that's okay snl yeah, yeah. snl yeah. not all right uh not a post. john you got anything else you want to plug talk about um yeah one one last thing so so with this luke sabine list so i have played a ton of games with sabine like at least six by now right and if there's one thing I've learned for last piece of advice for all you listeners is that with she rolls much better saves with the helmet on. Well, uh, that's that's very important. <laughs> is that objectively true? I feel like you're just saying nonsense now because, you know, we have more listeners than you guys. So. Ooh. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right, let's save this for the throwdown, you know, gentlemen. A, there's a picture in the Fifth Trooper Gallery of you two embracing a Northeast Open. It was all it was fake I mean, news. The honeymoon is over. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah. It was a lie. It's a deep fake. Never happened. <laughs> all right, I'm looking forward to this grudge match. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, well, let's, wrap, let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Mr. Bushman, aka Bushfax, for coming on. Uh, it was super fun. You guys gonna release an episode um, like in the next month or so? <laughs> uh, I, I think we might be able to squeeze out one more before like. How about in the next millennium? <laughs> oh, definitely. We'll, we'll probably get three or four before then. Sun will go to Nova before another episode comes up. Uh, Jay's he, completely lost his shit. He, <laughs> you know, we, you know, we love you guys. Um, oh, uh, yeah. All right, and that was our interview with John Bushman. Um, he was the runner-up at the Northeast Open. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about today, or are we good to wrap this this bad boy up? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited for Legion. For just like generally. Yeah, yeah. We've got Clone Wars on the horizon. You know, seems like everything's moving in a good direction. So it is. It is. Um, I actually, so yeah, I, I find it entertaining that we are moving the game in the direction that the like trilogies came out. You know, like we've got this, then that, and then hopefully we'll get like first order and resistance <laughs> stuff. Like it's just like it's kinda that's like a fun feel good nostalgia thing to me, just cause like, you know, that's how I experienced it. So um I don't know. No. But yes, I, I'm very excited for Legion. I can see that it's tracking the same course, you know. Yeah. Um sweet. So that's our episode. I'm Mike. I'm Kyle. I'm David. And we're the Notorious Scoundrels. We'll be back next week with another episode. Have a good one, guys. Join us next week for another episode of the Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. 